0: All right, everyone. Welcome into the Empty Bottle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and alongside me is Andrew, and we are going to be talking about our Illini and our Chicago Bears. Illini just finished up their spring ball practice. Bears just finished up their draft class. Still can do some things in free agency. Before you guys know it, uh, fall camp's going to be here. We're going to be previewing the season in about a month's time when August comes around and uh, I'm excited Andrew it, it's going to be uh, it, the summer always does go by too fast but the good thing is that means football is on the way but um, spring just ended and uh, let's talk about what we're going forward into the summer man but uh, first let's talk about our drinks in front of us tonight. Andrew what do you got? i just
1: got keeping it simple tonight just got water in front of me. What uh, What interesting drink do you have in front of you? Yeah,
0: there? yeah. This one is uh, probably out of left field. Andrew's playing a little bit of a guessing game before. And um, you know what? He could not bear the suspense. Uh, so I actually have uh, water, but I'm actually mixing in some citrus cells, some fiber powder in there. So I'm trying to stay healthy. I'm kind of like that person who went abroad for like, one semester and then you know is educating everyone how they need to be more cultured and everything uh yeah i did one colorectal surgery uh rotation and now i'm you know educating about educating everyone that they need to put more fiber in their diet so they don't have colon problems later on so i'm in that stage right now that's where we're at so um pretty good pretty good and uh you know everyone should do it because it doesn't taste bad actually
1: I can't say I've ever heard of that before, but hey, all the power
0: to you. Yeah, I do the powder. Nope, the gummies don't work. I do the powder. All right, man, let's just jump right into it. Let's start off with our Illini who finished up their spring ball practice. And uh, this is always kind of a a weird transition, Andrew, because the freshmen aren't there yet. Uh, Maybe some early enrolling freshmen are there, but a lot of the seniors graduated. So you're pretty much down like two classes that you're just trying to fill in Um, a lot of backups are trying to actually just you know they're they're playing as starters right now because there's no um upperclassmen and uh no freshman star freshman coming in yet to take their spot so it's really an opportunity for the long tenured players there to make a name for themselves in front of the coaches um then one of those battles right now is the qb battle andrew arch he transferred here last year from rutgers and he is the incumbent he uh kind of gave Brandon Peters a run for his money last year and actually started a few games. And, you know, we beat that to death, Andrew, of what we thought of Art Sikowski and, you know, who was better him or Brandon Peters. And, you know, I don't really know if there was a right answer at any point during the season, probably depended on the week, but uh, he's going up against Tommy DeVito, a Syrac- uh, Syracuse transfer uh transferred in and he was able to participate in spring practice. Arsikowski was not because he was rehabbing a shoulder injury and a wrist injury that he sustained in the Penn state game nine overtime win last year. So um, overall thoughts of the QB battle. Um, is there a quarterback you would rather see have the starting spots going into camp? Is that a true battle or is there a clear cut and away Number one guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, after we watched Arsikowski last season, it was, you know, it's a little frustrating at times. So I'm all for having a battle there and, you know, uh, Tommy DeVito, he looked pretty decent from what I saw. So um, hopefully there's some promise there, but Hey, I say let them battle it out. Whoever looks better, let them start Um, that, you know, hopefully it will be Tommy DeVito. um, But, you know, let them battle it out and let the better one play, Um, you know, we'll go based off that, but, you know, we've, we've struggled with quarterback for a while. So, uh, it would be nice to finally get somebody who, you know, has a decent arm and has some mobility and looks like Tommy DeVito has that. So some promising signs, but you know, there's a long way to go before the season actually starts. So we'll see how it plays out then.
0: Yeah. I think you have to do a battle, right? I mean, I don't think Tommy DeVito or Artkowski has done anything in their previous spots to maybe earn that number one spot. Um, not only starting week one, but just going into fall camp has earned that number one spot. Uh, they just haven't proven it. And, um, you know, Tommy DeVito, maybe he kind of, you know, an injury kind of let another guy get recruited over him at Syracuse. And he wanted, he didn't want to sit for his last year. Once he get an opportunity, same with Art guy kind of got recruited over at Rutgers, but maybe didn't have the best opportunity last year because he had an injured shoulder that he was playing with all year that he finally just shut it down when he got a broken wrist during the Penn State game and um, that way he could be back in time for fall camp Um, so they're coming off of injuries uh, Art Sikowski more recently but um, I just I'm I'm not convinced by either of them but I think Andrew I just by the end of fall camp you have to have a clear and clear clear number one quarterback going into week one you can't do what it was like last year it was just like is it brandon peters is it art Sikowski who do we kind of go with this week depending on what we're feeling um and i know injuries could play a role but besides injuries you, you just have to have a number one quarterback and you, you just can't flip flip and flop back and forth week in and week out
1: i agree you know they'll they'll need to have that battle and they'll need to decide who's a starter and stick with that. Um, you know, obviously if after a few weeks it doesn't work out or if there's an injury, they can change it, but at least to start off the season, they kind of need to pick a guy and say, you know, he's our quarterback.
0: Yeah. 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 So let's talk about some of the, I mean, obviously the quarterback battle is what everyone wants to talk about. That's like always the biggest discussion for any team, even if there's no quarterback battle, it's always asking about, okay, how is our franchise quarterback doing? How is our two year starter quarterback doing uh, in camp? how is he meshing with the offensive line, right? Receivers, blah, 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 blah. Um, but what position group outside of quarterback are you most comfortable with going forward into this year? Like who, who's going to be the bell cow of you know, the offense or the defense that you're most excited about, or at least have the most confidence in.
1: I mean, I really love our running back group. You know, we have, that's one of the groups that's I think stayed the most consistent from last year to this year. You know, he lost a, A lot of offensive linemen, you know, you lost some key pieces in this team, but uh that running back room, you know, you still have two of your top running backs from last season coming back. So um to me, you know, that was kind of the heart of the team last season. I think that'll carry forward to this season. So uh, you know, we'll see how Chase Brown and McRae do this season. Hopefully uh they can have seasons just like they did last year. And then, you know, you throw in better quarterback play on top of that and see where this team can go
0: yeah I I mean I, I gotta agree with you I mean I'll, I'll pick a I'll, I'll you know praise a different position group too just to get them in there but the running backs man and this goes back to not only just this past year but during the Lovey Smith years even uh during the back years like when we were uh first there the the Bill Cubit year um it seems like for a long time the line I have always had at least a good running back or at least a top two but then the past like four years or so, I would say, we've had a good, like, stable of running backs where one guy goes down, you're pretty confident that the guys below him can get the job done, too. And um, they're not slowing down in recruiting uh, with this running back position. And you would think that, you know, guys don't want to enter a room where, you know, there can only be one running back on the field. Uh, but injuries happen. And, you know, the running back isn't going to be playing every single down like he was back in the day. So th- it's a good rotation uh, to be in, in college. Uh, if you can get a spot there. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited about our our running back room, Chase Brown. Amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone after this year, but Joshua McCray, he was just a freshman last year. He's coming back. Um, Then you bring in Aiden Lafferty and um, not Malachi hood, but uh, Jordan Anderson too, from Juliet Catholic, Um, just two really good running backs. And then um, you still have Reggie Love out of the, uh, out of St. Louis area. And he was a four-star running back coming in here. So um, just a lot of depth and just a lot of options, a lot of toys to play with.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And, you know, they have, they have that depth, that running back, they have good running backs and then they have good depth. So, you know, pretty much whatever happens, you're going to be okay at that running back position. Now, it'll be interesting to see with this new offensive line, how that run game mm, looks because yeah. a big part of your run game is your offensive line. You know, if they're creating these gaps, that makes it a lot easier on the running back, but, uh, you know we have a new offensive line this year so it'll be interesting to see how these running backs do with it
0: yeah three new I mean for years it was like the same five guys I felt like the entire maybe switch out a guy here and there but you're only bringing back two starters uh, Alex Palaszewski and Julian Pearl and then the other three are transfers and then like uh, redshirt sophomores a redshirt freshman um, so I mean they might not be true freshmen but they like big Ten experience or like game experience. They don't really have too much of. So um, yeah, a lot of question marks. We'll we'll see how that offensive line gels going forward. Um, One, one group I really want to praise really quick. I think the secondary could be uh, pretty good again. Uh, Sydney Brown was awesome last year and as a strong safety position when he was paired up with um, Kirby Joseph. And we'll talk about Kirby here in a little bit, but those two were really good tandem, especially in the back half of the year. When um, the de- everyone started to actually, you know, understand the, the defensive scheme of Ryan Walters, a first year defensive coordinator there. And then on the ends, uh, Devin Witherspoon at corner and then Taz Nicholson. De- Devin Witherspoon, lockdown corner. Uh, he's amazing last year. And Taz Nicholson, a lot of experience uh, that he got last year and over the past few years. So I think he's like a redshirt sophomore. So pretty much like a junior. Um, going into this year with a, a good amount of experience so I'm not really too worried about those guys oh and then Quan Martin who plays the the nickel spot covers that slot corner guy a um, lot of experience I think he's a senior now um, age-wise at least I, I mean it might be like red sophomore COVID year type of deal but um, so maybe the depth might not be there but the I think the your starters are really I'm really confident in those guys
1: Oh yeah, and the secondary played well last season. I thought, and you know, you bring back two of those guys this season. Obviously, you lose Kirby Joseph, which is going to hurt a little. But uh, you know, I th- I think you still have a decent secondary this year, and you know, they'll be tested out in a lot of these games that we play. So,
0: damn. So, uh, speaking of Kirby Joseph, he's one of the three align I drafted in this past NFL draft uh, last weekend. He went into the third round to the Detroit Lions. I thought it was cool that Barry Sanders got to announce his name. That's a cool moment to remember. But then also Vidarian Lowe, uh, our left tackle, got drafted. And then Doug Kramer, our center, uh, got drafted. So two stalwarts on the offensive line got drafted. And so that means uh, Andrew, Kendrick Green, Nick Allegretti, Vidarian Lowe, and Doug Kramer that makes four out of the five offensive linemen from the 2018 uh, team drafted, and then if Alec, Alec Palcheski gets drafted after this year, which I think if he stays healthy, he looks really he looked really good in camp. If he stays healthy, he has a good chance of getting drafted. That means five out of five off of your offensive linemen got drafted from that 2018 team. Now that that 18 team, you know, went four and eight or whatever, but um, it just shows you how long that those guys were on that offensive line and you know how good they were and just um all Illinois player like they're all from the state of Illinois it shows you when you recruit your own state there's a lot of good things that can happen a lot of good players out of the state of Illinois so thought that was a cool group but um of the three uh players give a favorite spot for you know them individually where they you think they can succeed obviously uh the bears getting Doug Kramer I thought was awesome but uh, and they all stayed in the NFC North with Darian Lowe into the Vikings.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm most excited about Doug Kramer because mm. he's, on, he's on the bears now. Uh, he's not in one of our, you know, divisional rivals, but I think those guys will have some success. Uh, Kirby Joseph, it'll be fun to watch him play. Um, you know, hopefully he doesn't do anything good against the bears. Yeah, uh, You know, when we play the lions but, uh, you know, Doug Kramer especially, I think he's going to be fighting for a spot. You know, uh, hopefully he'll make the 53-man roster and, you know, can, uh, you know, be a swing tackler, backup or something like that. So uh, those guys definitely have some work to do to, you know, make these teams.
0: But I think it'll be fun to watch them. Mm. Without a doubt. I, I think Kirby landed in a good situation with the Detroit because they play three safeties. Um, Dan Campbell's a really good defensive coach. Um, Or at least that's his background. We'll see how it is, you know, moving forward if it ends up, you know, being a really good defense for the Lions. But that's in a good situation where they're going to need numbers back there just because that's their defense. Um, And then Doug Kramer, like you're saying, he's, he's going to be fighting. Um, He's undersized. Uh, for a center at least or for, for offensive lineman, and so that kind of pigeonholes him into that center spot like he, he's not going to be able to go play left tackle or right guard or anything he's kind of in that center spot but he could carve out an Olin Krutz role, uh, role where he's just kind of like the the leader on that team where he's just the the try hard guy that um, is just a very reliable guy and just kind of be the stalwart for that offensive line and um, he was a really good center despite his size. He was and you know, he got drafted for a reason because the Bears really do not have a lot of offensive line depth, and they didn't really address it in the draft until like the sixth and seventh round. So um, you know, they they want those guys to succeed. That's why they use those draft picks on them. So hope that can get um, get him a spot. And then Vidarian Lowe, I think that his versatility where he can play guard or tackle will will allow him to get that spot
1: oh yeah definitely and you know my guess is they probably haven't played guard at the start and then yeah. you know tackle if there's an injury or something but that would be interesting to see. And i mean as you mentioned the bears the bears offensive line is going through some repair currently so yeah. uh you know there's some depth pieces but a lot of the starters are just question marks at this point we don't know who's going to play at which position so you know it'll be interesting to see how they kind of fill that out when they go through uh spring training and all that
0: yeah without a doubt so uh going down the free agent signings guys that did not get drafted some align i did make some signings Uh, i'll just kind of go down the list here off the top of my head from what i can remember brandon peters and james mccourt got signed to the chargers um tolson got signed to the new york jets uh let's see jay Hansen got signed Lovie Smith and the Texans, a little reuniting there. I'm not surprised about that. So uh, we'll, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a team just because Lovey Smith is, you know, obviously five-year Illinois coach, coached him his entire tenure at, um, at Illinois. Uh, and then uh, I think someone got signed to the – oh, yeah, uh, Roderick Perry got signed to the uh, – Or sorry, Owen Carney got signed to the Carolina Panthers. And I think Blake Hayes actually signed with a uh, Canadian Football League team or he got drafted there, so interesting. Um, but out of those players, I mean, is, do you? who do you think can carve out a role in the NFL who actually make the team out of those players? Is there a player that's, you know, I, I think this guy kind of got undervalued in the draft, and he should be uh, making the team just off of, you know, his underrated ability?
1: To me, I would say probably Jake Hansen is that guy. Um, I mean, Brandon Peters, I'm not really expecting much from him, to be yeah. honest. Uh, you know, Jake Hanson, because he had the injuries and stuff, maybe that was, you know, part of the reason he wasn't as sought after, but he's a good player. He's a solid linebacker. So, you know, I think Lovey Smith, he has that connection. And I think Lovey Smith will be able to plug him in. I doubt he'll be a starter, but uh hopefully he'll at least make that roster, practice squad and kind of work his way up because he plays hard and you know, you always want guys like that on the field.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, Oh, Roderick Perry, he went to the Browns. My apologies. So I think either him or Owen Carney uh, have the best chances to uh, make it NFL roster. Um, I thought that I, I, I don't think the, the stats got put up just because of that nose guard position for Perry. Um, Owen Carney had a lot of good stats. I thought to back it up, but I thought our defensive line was pretty stout last year. And I, I thought that was a, a good strong point for our, um, defense last year. And my apologies, he actually went to the Dolphins, um, Owen Carney, not to the to the Panthers. Um, so I think one of those two guys for me, but uh would, would be it. But I noticed we both picked defensive players and not, you know, uh Brandon Peters. You know, even though he, he we had some good, you know, moments with him, it just, just didn't work out. Oh, and then Tony Adams, our other corner last year, our other starting corner, he went to the Jets. That's
1: right.
0: So that means Kalen Tolson and uh, uh, Tony Adams. Um, sorry, Kalen Tolson went to the Panthers. Tony Adams went to the Jets. See, that's when you just that—that's what happens when you just go off of memory and not when you actually just look at the list. So that's where all yeah, those. Yeah, you, were, guys you went. were pretty close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know what? I, they got a lot of them got signed. You think at least one or two of them's got to make the team, right? Get some experience, and then if not, maybe you go play in the USFL that's playing in the spring right now, or you go play in the Canadian Football League. So. Uh, they can still earn their livings. All right, man. Let's flip it over to the NFL, uh, specifically our Chicago Bears. Well, speaking of Andrew, uh, was this one of the more maybe boring draft classes for maybe us as Bears fans? Like, there, not only do we have a first round pick, but it's not like there were any star quarterbacks that were going in the first round that were going like a top five picks or anything. It was just it was very wide receiver heavy and. Um, you know, offensive line heavy and defensive back heavy. And it just seemed like it was those three position groups over and over and over again. And then then the entire Georgia team.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. I mean, I think anytime you don't have a first round pick it, it's not as exciting because most of the guys you hear talked about are guys that are going to go in the first round. You know, you hear about these elite players and then you get to the second round and there's a lot more choices of players that can be taken. So you don't know a whole lot about most of these guys when they get drafted, like you hear a name and you're like, Oh, like I've heard that name before, but I don't know a whole lot about this guy, you know? So anytime you don't have a first round pick to me, the draft size is exciting because you're not like, Ooh, who, wh- what elite player are we going to get now? It's like, what good player are we going to get that might've been passed over that could become elite, you know, that's yeah. kind of thinking you're having. So, um, you know, it, was, it always sucks not having a pick on day one, but hopefully, I mean, next season, as yeah. of now, we have a first round pick. Right. So hopefully that will be an exciting draft. But I mean, as you mentioned, like this draft was very deep and wide receiver and offensive lineman, a lot of defensive players, the quarterbacks, there was, I think, one quarterback in the f- first two rounds. Yeah. And then it took a couple rounds until the rest of the quarterbacks started to fall, you know? And it's, that's wild, like yes. last, last draft you saw a quarterback just falling off the board and all the good ones gone in the first round.
0: It just seems like every draft, um, like a, they'll like rate the QB, like, Oh no, he's like a second round talent or he's like a back of the first round talent. And then those quarterbacks, the like, teams get quarterback hungry and they don't want to miss out. And then all those, quarterbacks get moved up to the first half of the first round and say oh I don't want to I need a quarterback and I he's probably not going to be there in the third round or the second round so you always see teams overreaching usually for quarterbacks but in this draft class everyone was just like yeah I don't really need you at court I don't really need that quarterback and I think part of that is just like you go around the team even the bad teams around the league a lot of teams have their franchise quarterbacks like they know moving forward. Like we're, we're pretty confident in this guy moving forward. It's not um, it, There's a lot more talent at quarterback than there was probably like 10 years ago, even, or 15, especially 20 years ago. Um, but I think too, you made a good point about just not recognizing a lot of players outside of the first round, because it's like, unless they play in the big 10, like the conference we watch, um, a lot, you know, every single Saturday, like if they're, if they're like from Oregon state, they're going to pack 12 school. So it's like, I I've never heard of this guy or like, cause who, you know, who's watching pack 12 after dark every single night. It, it's, it's kind of hard to keep up with every single player that's not in your conference. And so I, yeah, I, and I think agree
1: with that. I mean, you see teams that clearly don't have their franchise. You look at Denver, mm. they don't have their franchise quarterback. Maybe they think they do, but oh, they Russell Wilson now or sorry, not Denver, um, Seattle.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Right. They traded Russell Wilson to Denver and now they don't, they don't have, they have drew lock. Like he's not your yeah. franchise quarterback, no. but they didn't go get a quarterback, you know, um, which was surprising. And I wonder if all these quarterback trades in the offseason may have affected that. Um, you know, and then you had the whole wide receiver carousel as well, but you know, with all these quarterbacks moving around, maybe teams are like, Oh, we'll give this new guy a chance, see what he does. Mm-hmm. Or they're thinking worst case, we'll go grab Baker Mayfield yeah. who, you know, who knows what his status is, but you know, maybe that's an option as well. So, or you get a Jimmy Garoppolo. So maybe they're thinking we'll take a proven quarterback instead of trying to draft one of these guys, or we'll just wait till later rounds. And I think that's what you saw happen. And Baker
0: Mayfield doesn't land it anywhere. Right.
1: No, he's still with the Browns, but you know, if Deshaun Watson gets suspended, maybe they'll ask Baker to play. But he's not happy with that situation, at all. I, I, yeah.
0: No, I, I just feel like he, he he probably just wants out of there, right? No matter what, even if, if even if like he is suspended.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, Baker wants out of there. He said that like when they went and pursued Deshaun Watson, he's like, I want out, but they haven't found somebody willing to take on because he's making a lot of money. They haven't yes, found somebody yes. that would take on enough of that contract. So they haven't moved him yet. But uh, you know, what I found interesting about the draft this year was there were big trades happening mid draft. As far mm-hmm. as players went, yeah. I feel like you don't usually see that in the NFL. You know, you saw AJ Brown get traded mid
0: draft. I didn't you saw get that Marquise trade. Brown for the Titans. At least I didn't understand it for the Titans.
1: I don't know. I just don't think they were able to come, agree to terms with A.J. Brown. So they said, well, if this is, isn't going to work out, now's the time to pull the trigger on it and get a pick and go make that selection.
0: I guess so. That's a good point. If they know he's not gonna I mean, I guess if you're A.J. Brown. You're like, man, I don't really want to have Ryan. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't see a future with Ryan Tannehill and, you know, playoff success at least. I mean, maybe he can put up numbers, but maybe he wants to be in a high flying offense and have Jalen Hurts slinging it to him.
1: Or it was it might have been about money. I mean, you saw yeah, these wide receivers, true, they're true. make they're getting paid a lot. You see Debo still is holding out in San Francisco. He wants to get traded. You know, AJ Brown got moved. There's rumors about DK Metcalf. Like there's a big Tyreka. wide receiver trade market.
0: Yeah, Tyreek didn't re-sign with the Chiefs.
1: Crazy. No, he, he got traded to the Dolphins. Devontae Adams got traded to the Raiders. Raiders. Um, you saw some. Not top tier guys like Christian Kirk sign for a lot of money, and people are like, "Oh, he's making that." These guys like AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, they can make a lot. So I think, I think that's part of the reason is he wanted money. Maybe it was a situation where he didn't want Ryan Tannehill as his QB. Uh, I don't know, but now he's on the Eagles.
0: Man, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy how the NFL just dominates headlines year-round. It's just, you know, free agency dominated during the time when March Madness College Basketball was trying to take shape and everything, and, um, you know, then when the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs are trying to kickstart themselves, and the NFL draft is taking over all the headlines and everything, and um, talk shows are still talking about, you know, how teams you know ended up at post-draft deadline. And then it's crazy how much even just like OTAs dominate like headlines and like, Oh, how are the rookies looking? How is our, our star wide receiver, our rookie wide receiver or uh, rookie quarterback that we just drafted how is he looking that, uh, in these OTAs where there's no even helmet and pads and then you know in the heat of baseball season you got NFL training camp or even college training camp and that just dominates more so that when baseball is the only sport being played and NFL is still being talked about uh, it's, it's it's just crazy man but all right let, let's it talk about our Chicago the- Bears specifically what pick and let me, I, we'll, we'll talk about Doug Kramer and what, what he can do for our Chicago Bears. Let's pick somebody else that you're most excited about for our Chicago Bears out of this draft class.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. I mean, I like a lot of these picks they did. Um, I really like the safety they got from Penn State. Uh, I think he's a dynamic player. I think we needed a safety to pair up with Eddie Jackson. Uh-huh. So that was a huge one. But I also like some of these guys they were taking in the sixth and seventh rounds because these guys are athletes. Yeah. Like they are elite players. Maybe they they weren't, you know, elite at their specific position. But these guys are great athletes. You could plug them in at different positions. You know, you could run different things with these guys. So um, I'm really excited about that. I mean, I think one of the guys was uh, Dominique Robinson. We got him in the fifth yes. round. Yeah. The edge rusher. Like I think he can do some neat stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think when you, you're, you're, you you know, I, I like how you highlighted, you know, especially in the later rounds when you don't, you know, guys are kind of like less proven. I think you just go for talent wise, like physical ability. And then you're just like, you know what, maybe we, he was at a small school, but maybe with an NFL coaching staff, we can really turn his talent and mold it into something we really want. Like, you know, just listing off some of these schools, you see Southern Utah state Braxton Jones, a, a tackle here. And then uh, Southern university uh, for Carter. And then um, yeah, yeah it's San Diego state, for guard Zach Thomas, guys who didn't really play at the highest level, but they just have like good overall talent uh, ability wise. And that maybe you can just mold that into something you like. So um, that's a good point. I thought I liked how they picked talent in the back end, just physical ability. I like Vilas Jones. I thought he was obviously he was a burner in the sec and I thought Kentucky used him really well. Sorry. Tennessee used him really well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not only is he a burner, but he just has really good hands. He's not, he's not just like a Javon Wims out there. Javon Wims was really freakishly fast, but he just didn't really have the, the same hands that I think Villas Jones does. And uh, that's our only weapon that we really kind of got in the off season of note for Justin Fields. That could be a long-term piece. Brian Pringle, he's not going to be a long-term piece for Justin Fields. He's just here on a one-year deal. And then he might be suspended because um, of off the field stuff happened. So uh, that that's who I like the most uh, out of this draft class.
1: Yeah. I mean, you saw Ryan Poles talk about how he, he actually watched tape with Justin Fields on these receivers and Valus Jones is one of the guys that they watched and they both really liked. So he went out and got oh, him. Oh. And, um, you know, I've heard his route running, isn't the best, but he's got yeah. speed. He's got hands and he's really good at, with yards after catch. So uh, hopefully you can utilize that. I think he's a bit limited in the routes. He'll run. So he might not be our number two receiver, but maybe he sure. could be number three. Um, in which case you have, I guess, Pringle is your number two, which I don't love. Maybe they get a free agent or something. Yeah. But, I feel
0: you got to um, get another body in there.
1: I think you, I think you have to get another starter in there. You know, we have yeah. depth because they went out and signed a bunch of UDFAs, mm-hmm. um, a lot of receivers and alignment there, but those guys are more depth pieces. They're not going to be your plug and play starter. I think you have to go get a guy that can start as your wide receiver two next to Mooney. And then you put Velas Jones in as your wide receiver three, play him in the slot, stuff like that. So um, I'm excited for him, but, you know, he has some limitations. Yeah. Hopefully his team can work with him, but, you know, um, we'll see how that plays out.
0: Yeah. I feel like you can teach route running, but you can't teach speed. And, and like, you, yeah. you can only teach hands so much also. I feel like that's just a, a tough, I mean, you know, a lot more defensive backs would be wide receivers if you could teach hands. (laughs) I think it's just like an innate ability. You know what I mean? Uh, So uh, briefly before we get out of here, let's just talk about overall program with, we kind of skipped over for it um, for Illinois and and the bears here, but um, let's just kind of talk about your overall confidence and the Illini moving forward. One year into the Brett Bolima 10 year, Excited? Do you think we're moving in the right direction? Do you think uh, we would need to change something in offensive or defensive scheme or recruiting? What are you thinking?
1: After one year, it's a little tough, to be honest, because you don't have that coach's players and, you know, they're assembling their staff still. But I liked what I saw flashes of last season. I'm excited to see them improve on that and build on that. So, you know, I still have faith in Bolima, and we'll see where he can take it from here. But to me, there's no like glaring things that they need to address. Um, you know, obviously recruiting, beef that up a little, yeah. you know, get some more players in. But overall, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do this year, next year, year after.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, I think I like how they're emphasizing the uh, in-state recruiting more with this staff it just seems like they're just doing a more all-out effort instead of just sending one assistant coach to go recruit a player in the state they're kind of making it all staff effort uh, for the in-state players and i like that and like you said it's hard to judge a five and seven season um especially with without his players we'll, we'll see in, in three years time yeah like you said, it's kind of a cap out but it, it's really hard to put a nail in it and then for Polls and eberflus, it's kind of the same thing. We only have like free agency in our draft now to go off of. There's not even been any OTAs to go off of or any uh, fall camp to, to kind of prepare us. But um, just overall, um, do you think they prepared certain positions? Do you think they filled in a lot of holes? You know, we have holes all over the team, but do you think they addressed our biggest areas of need so far in this off season? Or uh, do you think they left a lot to be lacking?
1: I don't think they addressed our biggest areas of need, but I do think they did what we need to do for the future of this team. Because going in, you needed a cornerback. You needed safeties. You needed defensive linemen, offensive linemen, wide receivers. You're not getting all of that. There's no way. That's just not happening. Um, I would have liked to see them maybe get another wide receiver or a lineman, but at the same time, they got the best players that were available in their pick And these guys are probably going to be starters on the team for years to come. So I'm not at all upset about what they did because, you know, now, now what they can do is next season, when we have that extra cap space and those extra picks, they can say, okay, now that we have the secondary figured out, we can focus on wide receiver and alignment. Now that we're ready to win championships this season, it's kind of like, we're going to get the best players we can to start building this team up a little next season. We're going to start chasing. So. Right. I'm overall, I'm happy with what they did. Um, you know, it's sucks that Fields isn't going to have great weapons or protection this season, but I think it's for the best of the team.
0: Yeah. And you're right, man. When you went down the list, that was a lot of position groups that uh, there was holes on this team. Um, and a part of that was just because, you know, Ryan Pace and the previous regime, what they kind of put the, the Bears, uh, the situation they put them in. Um, but it was also they didn't leave the pace administration didn't leave this new franchise with a lot of picks draft capital. And so polls and Iberflues had to go get a lot more capital. Like we didn't have all these picks going into this draft We traded back a lot to kind of get more late sixth and seventh rounders um, just so we can get some more bodies in there to address some of the holes and then just hopefully um, develop these guys. It's not going to be overnight, like you're saying, but they can be part of the future if they develop um, for a few years in the bear system here that the that Eberflus wants to install here. And, you know, like you said, Justin Fields didn't get a huge amount of help with the offensive line or wide receivers, but you hope to just kind of get a good base. I think at this point for, for the positions of need, you just draft the best player available. And that just happened to be defense early and then some more offensive players late. Um, just, just kind of how the, the cookie crumbled there.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I mean, I'm glad, polls traded back to get those extra picks because you might hit the jackpot on one of these dies and then you know you're good to go. But um, you know, it did suck watching the clock get to the Bears pick, and then it was traded away. <laughs> but you know, overall, yeah. happy with their draft selection. Excited to see, this
0: it, especially when we didn't have a first round or first round pick, and then so you're just kind of holding on to our our final picks here as they as they come down the line. We're like, all right, we didn't have the early round picks, but I at least want to watch something that's like in the first 200 picks or something. And then we just kept trading them away. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I thought that was funny. Um, really quick. If you had to guess now our win total going into this year for the Bears, who, what would you say? Fearless prediction, not even looking at the schedule. We're on 17 game schedule seven and 10. Seven and, 10. Seven and
1: 10. Unless they go make some big free agency purchases now, I'd say probably seven and 10.
0: I'm going to go five and 12. Five and 12. And I think is, the secondary
1: is much better. I think our defense Yeah, is I be think better. you're right.
0: I think you're right. I, I think you're right about that. And I, oh man, I'm just, we better not trade away our first pick. Cause I think we're going to need it. And it's going to be won't. a top 15 pick. I think.
1: I trust polls. He's not trading that pick away. No matter.
0: Yeah. Me. Yeah. I, I think you're right too. I just, yeah. We're not at the stage yet where we have, where we can start trading away draft capital. We're not the LA Rams. Nope. All right, man. Thanks for hopping on. I had a lot of fun, everyone uh, stay tuned. We'll talk some NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs in the coming uh, weeks here. And then of course, as LB starts heating up and we kind of get to decide, Uh, who our bandwagon team is going to be this summer because the Cubs are out of it. And the Sox don't look like they're into it too much either, but maybe they can turn the season around. We'll see. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you all soon.